Good morning. How are you? Woo! The speakers are hot this morning. Wait a minute. I'm a speaker. Let's take that back. <laughs> so humble. <laughs> I'm talking about the volume on the speakers. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, gracious. Uh, so, we welcome you. We thank you for joining us at our 10 o'clock class this morning. It's going to be a great one. And uh, I just invite you... Uh, real quick, to go ahead and turn to uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2. We have been talking about options. And we can, just, we can start in verse 1 there, 2 Timothy 2.1. I think I've done that every time we've talked about options. But uh, uh, we just welcome you. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for your promises, Father. Lord, we thank you for everything that you're bringing to us. You're, you are bringing your grace. You're bringing your mercy. You are bringing everything that we need and even things that we desire, Lord. In our heart, in our spirit, you are bringing everything to us and you have already done it. You've paid for it and you've said it's finished. Lord, we just thank you for that. You have empowered us to be the kind of good soldier according to your word you've empowered us to make good choices and to choose the right options and so father we praise you for it and we thank you for it in jesus name amen amen so uh most of y'all know that we started a uh, a message a few weeks ago and it was not the planned message it was it was something else and the lord said preach on options and so then we preached on Sunday morning on options at the regular service. And then all of a sudden, we had uh, on Sunday at the class, the Lord said, I want you to continue in that. There's some meat in there that Boomerang needs right now and people uh, watching online need as well. And so what I wanted to do is go back to this verse. And it says in 2 Timothy 2.1, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And it doesn't say be strong in your grace or your power or your strength. It says be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So are we relying on ourselves in the things that we do in this world? No, we're relying on Him. And when we've talked about options, we've talked about love always has to have a choice. But as Christians, once we're in love, then we need to recognize that there's always going to be options available to us. And those options, we should see them. Our responsibility should be that we don't see the options any longer. Out of love, we see that there was a choice, but we don't even choose to recognize the ones that are ungodly, worldly, or fleshly anymore because we love God. And so we need to get to the place where this is very much a reality in our lives. Not just something that we think about, not just theory. This needs to be a reality in our lives. Lord, I only see one option, and that option is you. And uh, so the next verse here, when it's talking about this, says, verse 2, These things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faith faithful men, who will be able to teach others also. In other words, this is good stuff we're teaching. Pass it on. That's what he's saying. Verse 3, here's some of that good stuff. Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. 
suffer hardship. And verse 4 explains it. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. So we don't need to entangle ourselves in the affairs of everyday, what it's referring to, the context is, everyday, worldly, fleshly life. We don't need to entangle ourselves in those things. You know, sometimes we'll be going through our day and our thoughts are, man, they just, they didn't do that right and I'm so mad at them. And, I, and you know what? They might not have done it right. They might not have done it right. But guess what? Entangling yourself in those thoughts is entangling yourself in the things of the world and it's not being a good soldier. It's opening yourself up to options that you should not even see as available to you. You understand? So, then we went into Colossians chapter 3 and I believe it's verse 2. Yep. And we'll start at verse 1. <laughs> Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ... Keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Keep seeking the things above. Right now, you know, running that computer. Don't entangle yourself in the, in the option of thinking how I messed you up. <laughs> don't, don't entangle yourself. Keep, seek the things above. Take the higher ground. Amen. Praise God. So, all right. So, <laughs> we need to seek those things above. And then it says, verse 2, set your mind on things above, not on the things that are on the earth. This is not an option. This is command. This is good soldier's mission. This is not an option. We need to see it that way. We need to recognize that. When, and here's the reason why. Well, I just don't want to be told what to do. You're not being told what to do. You're being asked and given a choice because you don't have to do it. But what you have to realize is when God asks and God says to do things, and even though you have an option to do it or not do it, you've always had that option. We've been do not doing them very well. <laughs> But when you recognize who's asking and if God is love and if He really loves you like a father, then when He says do these things, there are so many benefits in here that we, cannot, we can't count them. He says, that, he says that His love and the things that He has for us goes beyond whatever we can ask or think. So when He gives it to us like this, gives us a command, He's taken us to a place, let me put it this way, when we just simply learn that there's no other option but God, our life gets easy. Now, who wants the hard life and who wants the easy life? I'll take the easy all day long, thank you. Now, now that means that I might have to be hard on my flesh, but it's the best thing for me. And when it says suffer hardship, it's talking about the hardship that the world considers hard, the world considers tough, but it makes overall life for you and those around you and the kingdom of God easy if we'll simply learn. And I'll tell you, I'll give you this testimony. Uh, when you get to the place where you just, okay, God, yes, yes, sir, yes, sir, okay, God, okay, everything starts to just line up, and, and it's just a blessing. That doesn't mean that you won't have challenges, doesn't mean that the devil's not going to try and tempt you, and he's going to try and run over you. He's going to try and do that. But what you realize is it doesn't matter what he tries anymore. 
It makes no difference. Because when my options are only God, then I'm always going to be in victory and triumph. There's no, so whoop-de-doo what the devil tries. And that doesn't mean that your mind won't try to you know, uh, entangle you in the affairs of worldly thought. It will. But when you make that a habit, all of these things simplify, become easy. You find yourself in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. Verse 3, for you have died and your life is hidden in Christ and God. Do you want to find your life? Then get in Christ. Find it. Let's turn to Romans chapter 8. This is simply review. And it says this, uh, Verse 5, Romans 8, 5. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. So do you see over and over again that choosing the right option goes back to what are you thinking? What's on your mind? You see? All right, and then verse 6. For the mind set on the flesh is death. How many people want that? That's, okay, good. That, nobody raise their hand, all right? But the mindset on the Spirit is life and peace. That's what we want. Well, then we need to choose the options of God. I need life and peace in my life. Goodness knows I've set my mind on the flesh plenty of times in the past. I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want any more of that death. I only want life and peace. And you know what? God wants life and peace peace in your life and here's why because your life and peace preaches your life your peace it preaches to others amen all right now earlier this week one of the things that i believe the holy spirit said to me was this he said we have options in front of us. There's the options of the world that entangles ourselves in the world, and then there's the options of God. All right? Now, the options of the world uh, that is always pushing to entangle us, they're always trying to war against the flesh, okay? But here's the thing. This is when we have these options and we see, okay, Love says, I have options. We've gone over it before. If I hold a gun to your head and say, all right, now choose. You better choose this one or else I'm going to shoot you, right? If I do that, is love involved? Do you have an opportunity for love? No. So options have to be there. You have to have choices to walk in love. Okay. So for example, God says, you don't have to be born again. You can choose me. You can choose eternal life. That's a choice, right? Now, there's consequences to the choice, but you have that choice. And, and you know, God, all he'd have to do is speak the word, and you would have to, you would have to accept him like a robot. You know? he, all he'd have to do is say, every man on earth, choose me now, right? And that, and that would be it. And once he said that, every man would go, oh, God, I choose you. But here's the question. That wouldn't be an option, would it? You wouldn't have choices. Would that be love? That would not be love. You wouldn't be choosing God because of love. You would be, you would be choosing Him because you were programmed to do that and you were forced to do that. But that's well within the power of God to do, and yet He does not do that. Why? Because He's not looking to make robots. He's looking to have a people that have choices like He does and they choose the right thing. They choose Him. 
And so we have these options, but as Christians, like we said so many times, even though we see the choices, we should choose only to see God's choice as the only option. Now, here's what the Holy Spirit said to me earlier this week. He said, the world is trying to push into God's options. In other words, the options that you're moving in God, the world is always trying to push in, grab your attention, grab your choices, and pull them back to itself. And, for example, uh, we were watching a, a TV show, I think on Netflix or something, and, and the, first, uh, the first season was great. It was really, they liked it a whole lot. They were watching an episode yesterday before we headed to a family gathering. And, and here, right in the middle, is something completely anti-God. It was two seasons into it, and now all of a sudden they feel like they've got to put this really, really anti-God moment in the middle of this thing. And it's kind of like first season was great, kind of good, clean. Second season, a little bit more sprinkled in there. Now the third season, here's this big stuff. And, and what's that doing? It's just trying to push in and, and entangle you again. Even if you've separated yourself from the world, the world is always going to be trying to push in and grab a hold of your options and present more again. Why? Because that's what it does. The, the father of this world is the devil. The word tells us this, this New Testament stuff. He's always going to be trying to reach in and present options to you again. So what do we have to be doing? We have to be sitting back and, and we have to know if The more we know God, the more we're able to say, that's a worldly option, that's a godly option. I choose not to, to focus and to play over there in the devil's playground. Let's, let's focus in God's playground where he likes to bless and give life and peace. Over here, the devil in his playground, he likes to give death. I don't want to play over there. So the more I know God, the better I am at seeing which option is what. But you can always be assured that this option, the worldly option, is going to try and push and entangle you again. Even if you've made the choice already, I'm going to go with God. It's always going to be pushing. It's always going to be, you know, in First John we were talking about the flesh. It says the one who says that he has not sinned is, is a liar, right? And, it, and what that saying is, if you think that you have gotten to the place where you can't sin anymore, you're already messed up, and it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. Why? Because as long as you're in this world, you have flesh. And while you have flesh, that flesh is going to be warring against the God that's inside of you. He said, I believe the Holy Spirit said this, we must stand our ground to uphold our position in love. In other words, we must stand our ground to only see the options of God as the option that's viable for us as a Christian. If we continue to go back and say, well, I can do this in the world, I can do this, it, you're going to be entangled in it again in just such a short period of time. So we must stand our ground. And you know what else? If you don't stand your ground, who is? Is the world going to stand its ground against the devil? No. They're not even empowered to do such things. The world's not going to do that. So you as Christians have got to see the only option I have, even though there's other ones available, I choose not to even focus on those. The only option I see in love is God. Even though I have options, 
I choose not to participate or even think about or even look at those things. Now, that doesn't mean that we go be a hermit and shut ourselves up. That means that when you're just presented with a choice, then you say, there's no other choice but God. You know, why are we, for instance, with that TV show that we were watching uh, yesterday, the girls have been watching most of it. I've seen bits and pieces. It was an interesting thing. I wanted to see more of what happened. But guess what? As soon as it gets to this place, and they're just moving straight into more and more ungodliness, uh, Nicole said it. I didn't even have to say it. She said, don't watch that show anymore. That, it's done. Why? Because it's not an option. They're, they're presenting something, uh, even to kids, in a way, something completely ungodly, as okay. And it's not. And that, you know, that was just one instance. There was multiple areas where it just seemed to get worse and worse and worse. So what's the option that we have? You don't need to be watching that anymore. You know, here's why. Because what you put into your mind, you have to deal with. You have to deal with it. It doesn't matter if you meant to, if you wanted to or not. When it goes in, you have to deal with it. Now see, in the middle of this, you know, here we are watching, here's the thing, in the middle of watching uh, this thing yesterday, here we are, it's going along good, telling a good story, we're enjoying it, then all of a sudden, bam, here's this scene, and the girls see something, and, and now we've got to deal with it. They see something that they shouldn't have seen. And it, it wasn't, it, it was still considered probably PG, but it was still, it was something that the world thinks is okay. In other words, the world always is going to try and push in and push in on the God options. And, and the thing is that we have to be aware of that. Now, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. There's a, there's a whole side of Christianity that says, all right, we're not going to watch any TV, we're not going to go to any movies, we're not going to Walmart, we're going you know, to do all this stuff, right? Now, see, I, I, I crossed the line when I said not go to Walmart, I think. But here's, they, <laughs> they said, and that's not correct either, because how are you ever going to be the ambassador that you're called to be without being in the world. You are in the world, but you're here for a reason. But the more options that you see that are worldly, the less effective you are as an ambassador. But when you choose to only see your options as God, you can be an ambassador. You know, I have... Um, A lot of people just know, you know, they know that I'm a preacher or they know that I'm, I'm godly. Uh, some people don't know, don't know that still and they'll, you know, and they just won't cuss around me. You know, they just won't do that. And, and why is that? Why would they not do that? Well, part of the reason is because me standing as a beacon of light, it holds back darkness. And so there's things, now I, I, being, you know, in the military and in the Marines, I've heard those things before. <laughs> I've heard lots of those things. And so it doesn't really offend me. I don't, I don't have a knee-jerk reaction to that, get behind me, Satan, when somebody cusses. I don't do that. I'm, I just kind of smile at them. And, and, then they, and then the Holy Spirit convicts them because I'm standing as an ambassador. So in other words, our lives are going to shine the light or not shine the light. The more we see God options, the more light we shine and we have an effect on these things. Uh, when I was down at the River uh, Church in Tampa Bay, which is Rodney Howard Brown's church, 
uh, they had an article posted on the wall that their um, crime rate in that county had dropped like to, I think it was something like 20, I don't remember the exact number, but it was a big, significant drop. I think the crime rate had cut in half in a, in a couple of years down, or not cut in half, cut to about 25% of what it was. That is a huge, significant thing. But here's the thing. You know what they were doing? They made it a point to go and knock on every single door in that county and tell them about Jesus. Now, not everybody accepted Jesus, but I'm telling you, when you come and you're faced with the fact that Jesus is potentially real, it helps you, it shines the light, and it holds back darkness. And so, I guarantee you what happened was, all these people that they knocked on the door, they were telling them about God, telling them about the good things of, of Christ, when it came time for them to make a choice, am I going to go and commit this crime or not? They had some light still lingering, from that encounter. And when you make it a point to tell everybody and to show them Jesus, it has an effect. So the more that we represent or represent Christ in our lives, the better our light shines, the more darkness is held back. Do you want your county, you want your city, you want your work to be what it is? Then the only options we should see is God. If we start allowing ourselves to see other options, then we're going to be going, I don't know about that. I don't know. Let's turn to Galatians 5.17. You know, uh, <laughs> let's go to verse 16 because I see it says something I wanted to say. <laughs> Um, you know, in Romans 8, it's talking about walking by the Spirit or walking by the flesh. Verse 516, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. The flesh sets itself. It wars against the spirit. The world and its ways and its options are going to constantly try to push into your life and you have to be solid. You can't be uh, moldable when it comes to the world's ways. You have to be solid. Well, what does that take? That means you've set your mind before you ever face the decision. Because when you're in the middle of the decision and you haven't had your mind set or mind renewed, or I mean, it's solid on things of God and the options of God. When you get to that decision, who knows which way you'll go because your mind's not set. You have to set your mind because... The flesh is going to try and push into your world. I know uh, how many people have ever had revelation in a certain subject and then you didn't pick up scriptures on that subject for a while and you know maybe it was, it's been you know a couple years before you really studied and you found yourself kind of slipping back on what you thought there or on your convictions of it. Why? Because the things of the world and the options, they're going to try and push in. And we, as a people, are supposed to be 
we're supposed to be very wise about the schemes and the devices, the strategies of the devil. We're not supposed to be ignorant there. We're supposed to be wise. Well, this is a strategy that the pressure of the world is constantly going to try and reach into your life and push you around. All right? If you look on down to verse 24, though, it says this, Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. All right? So we have option. The spirit and the flesh both have passions, both have desires. But when you're in Christ Jesus, when you are really in him, what have you done to the options of the flesh? You've crucified it. They're dead to you. In other words, if you're really in Christ Jesus, you should have this mindset that when something of the flesh brings itself up to me, I don't even play that game anymore. You know, I, I look at it this way, and I like using this example. You know, all right, here's your enemy that's wanting to bring death to you. Are you going to sit down at the table and have a conversation with it, have a meal with it? No. I'm not even sitting down at the table with that thing anymore. It's eaten my lunch too many times. I'm tired of it stealing off of my plate. It's bringing bad stuff. Stop going around the mountain, and, and here's how you do it. Before you ever get there, before they're even in the house, you say, when they show up at the door, I ain't even letting you in. You don't even, I don't even see you as an option. You're crucified. Let's turn to uh, 1 Peter 2.11. 1 Peter 2.11 says this, Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers. What's he talking about? Aliens and strangers. He's talking about aliens and strangers in this world. In other words, you're in this world, but not of this world. All right? Now, I know some people have said, you know, I'm kind of alien before, and here it actually is biblical. I'm, I'm, you know, but that's all right. We're aliens and strangers. You know, now when you, you know, people call you weird, you got a reason to be. I'm just saying, God said it. So you're aliens and strangers. What, are you, it, what it's really saying is you're alien and stranger to the ways of this world. If you're really in Christ, this is foreign to you. The things of the flesh should be foreign to you. You should be going, really? That, what? Because you're so far removed from the things of the flesh. Not so far removed from people that are not born again, but so far removed from those actions. Why? Because those things are crucified. They're dead to you. Why would somebody pretend like, like that should be alive to them? Why should they pretend? Let's turn to Mark 4, 18 and 19. This is the parable of the sower. It says, talking about the different seed sown, and it says, and others are the ones on whom seed was sown among the thorns. Thorns, these are the ones who have heard the word but the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches 
and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Do you want the fruit of God in your life? And when I say the fruit of God, I'm not talking about the fruit of punishment that a lot of people are preaching about. That's not who God is. The fruit of God is the heart and love of God. It's the love of God. He wants to manifest His blessings. He preached the gospel to Abraham saying, In you shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. You are blessed to be a blessing. This is the heart of God. And he says this, That comes, that heart of God comes in the fruit of God, which comes from the Word being planted inside of you, but that Word can be choked and produce no fruit. How? If we are worried about the cares of this world. If we haven't crucified those options, haven't crucified the flesh, then the deceitfulness of riches, the worries of the world, and the desires for other things will creep in and it'll take away the fruit that God has for you. Now see, it doesn't say anywhere in the Bible that God doesn't want good things in your life. It never says that He doesn't want you to be uh, overflowing. Matter of fact, it says the opposite. He wants you to have good things. He wants it to be overflowing, but it needs to be in the proper way as a gift from God and a part of His fruit, not because you ran after it. And when you try to run after it, the problem is you step away from God's options and into the world's options, and now you have opened up the door to eat the world's fruit instead of God's fruit. And last, uh, almost last, James 4.1 says, what is the source of quarrels and conflicts among you is not the source your pleasures that wage war in your members. In other words, is not the source of all the quarrels, of all the conflicts, the, the pleasures and the comfort that we're trying to give the flesh or that the flesh is trying to bring up against us. See, if we will simply kill those options in our mind and not see any other thing, all of a sudden this thing really simplifies and the power of God can rise up in our lives huge. The things that you actually need, the things that you actually want and desire, the healing, the provision, the restoration, protection, deliverance, all of these things right here on this earth they are ready and available to you, but a lot of times it's our allowing of options that makes it hard for those things to happen because we're, we've given in to those pleasures and comforts of the flesh and we see it as a choice. Now, again, I'm not saying, let me, let me clarify this one more time, I'm not saying that God doesn't give you a choice. He does. Otherwise, you wouldn't be moving in love. A lot of people think that God's not giving you a choice. Oh, no, he is. If he wasn't giving you a choice, he'd just wipe out the world because everybody's been choosing wrong, and we were all sinners, we were all helpless, and we were all enemies. So why would he put up with that if he, was, if he wasn't giving us a choice? Or at least make us that way. He's given us a choice. A lot of people see God as this you know, big, mean bully that's got his thumb on me. He wants me to run my life this way. No, I, I always refer back to as a dad coming home. I come home, I see a kid up on top of the house getting ready to jump off the house and say, I can fly with his little cape on, right? 
always envision that. Well, what am I going to do as a dad? The kid right then has a choice. I'm not close enough to stop him. He's got a choice, but, and, I, and that choice is his. But I'm going to tell him because I love him, you choose this choice, this is not going to end well. And so if I really love him, I'm going to tell him, don't do that. Just wait. Stay there. I'll be up there in a minute. That's exactly what the commands of God are. And if we'll learn, now which, which one's better for the kid when he's up on the house? To listen to the voice of the father or to go ahead and do whatever he wants? Obviously to listen. Don't jump off the house. You can't fly. Right? Now, but we look at it and we go, oh, you're being a big, mean God up there. Right? And that's the way we've been taught to look at God. Always telling me what to do. Well, pride goes before fall. You know, when we humble ourselves, if he's God and he really is God and he made the whole universe and he put everything into action, which he did, um, he knows a lot more than I do. So who am I to go to God and say, and really ask him anything? Lord, what do you want me to do? I'll do it. And we start to recognize that God loves us more than I even love my children. The love that I have is simply a piece of how he loved me. The best I can love them is still and always will just be a piece of how much he loved me. Well, if he loves me in that way, doesn't he have my best interest at heart and yours as well? Absolutely. Last verse, uh, 1 Timothy 6, verse 9 and 10. says, but those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge men into ruin and destruction. Now it's not just the rich part. The rich, uh, this is true, but the rich uh, actually is representative of worldly options and worldly cares and worldly pleasures that we've allowed to be there as an option. Verse 10 says, for the love of money is a root of all sorts of evil, and some by longing for it have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. So, in other words, these are people that know God, and yet, because they've gone after, they haven't shut these options down in the world, they've risen back up and pulled them away from the faith, pulled them away from God. Now, in this place, can God bless when you're allowing those options of the world to pull you in? No. No. God will give you mercy and grace to come back out of it, but why go there in the first place? And here's how you stop that. You see the options and you say, I will no longer take part or even look at that as being a choice anymore. I make my options only the things of God. And this is what we as Christians are tasked to do. Back to that verse in 2 Timothy. As a good soldier, suffer hardship. Because to the flesh and to the mind, not, being, not having that choice is a hardship to the flesh. Now it's not really, it's not really a hardship, but in your fleshly mind, your flesh is saying, oh, but I want that brand new car. I want that. I want that big house I can't pay for, but I want it. That's hardship to the flesh. 
You know, and kids, see, we think we've grown up so much, but we're just doing the same thing that our kids, I want my packages now, I want my presents now. Give me that candy. <laughs> Go throw a fit. See, we just don't cry in front of people anymore. We just make excuses for why we ought to have it. Because we're seeing options that are available. And we should just simply live the options of God Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Let God be concerned and, and worried about giving the stuff to you, getting the stuff to you. Let God be concerned about that. You stop being concerned about the cares of the world. Let it go. Don't see it as an option. That's, who, who, let, me, let me put it this way. Who's going to provide for you better the stuff? You or God who loves you? God's always going to have more means, more channels to get things to you, and He knows exactly the time when you need it. He knows the best time. So He's going to get the right stuff to you at the right time. You just simply give yourself to seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and He'll add all the stuff that you need when you need it. And it'll be beautiful, and it'll be awesome, and you won't be entangled, and you won't have the fruit of the world, you'll have the fruit of God. We've got to look at these option things differently. Lord, we thank You so much for Your Word. We thank You for Your promises, Father. We thank You for Your goodness that You've given us. Lord, You've not only given us the option, you've given us the power to only live out your options, Father. We thank you that you have given us the power to resist any option that's from the world and from the flesh and to, and to um, grab hold of your options and your options only. Father, we just praise you and we thank you for that and we just give you all the honor and we worship you with our lives. Lord, we worship you with our options. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining. A child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap Shepherds watch our keeping This, this is Christ the King Whom shepherds guard and angels sing Haste, haste to bring Him love The babe, the Son of Mary Cross be born for me, for you. Hail, hail the word made flesh, the babe, the son of Mary. This, this is Christ the King, whom shepherds guard and angels sing.
remember compare.